Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another week of the Ninth State Sports Show Lacrosse Edition. My name is Joe Marchalina, and joining me once again is Derry Field AD and Boys Lacrosse Coach Chris Hetler. Chris, how are you doing? Joe, I'm doing great. It's uh, we finally made it. It's the uh, the opening week of Boys and Girls Lacrosse here. We've been seeing scores come in. It's uh, it's great to be back. It was great great to be out on the field this week. Yep, and we're all ready for the winter to come back on Friday. So, <laughs> no, yay, we're not. Yay, New Hampshire spring. Uh, <laughs> Uh, this season, we'll be posting the podcast at nh-highschoolsports.com on Thursday mornings, uh, so make sure to mark that on your calendar if you haven't yet. Uh, as always, you can send us uh, questions and feedback by shooting an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com or on Twitter at nhhsports. And uh, just one more reminder that uh, this is you're coming down to the deadline here uh, to sign up for a lacrosse membership. Uh, you've got until Friday, Friday night, this Friday, as in tomorrow, uh, as you're listening to this. Uh, you know, you can choose between one of two levels of memberships. One's just for stories uh, on the website. You'll have access to those throughout the season. Uh, and the other one not only gives you that, but also a copy of the preview and the yearbook uh, at the end of the year. So go to the site, click on the membership tab at the top for more info, and uh and I guess that kind of leads me into what where I'd like to kind of start, uh, coach. If you don't mind me taking a few minutes to to ramble here, um, it's your podcast, my friend. <laughs> um, you know, this uh, obviously, the, you know, not having a season last year was was tough on a lot of people. Um, you know, I, I felt so bad for the seniors last year who were getting to or were missing out on that last season of of high school sports. Uh, you know, and and I didn't realize I think. Uh, at the time, how much I was missing going to these games and watching these kids uh, play. You know, it was a good six months, uh, I think, between events that I covered. And uh, I was very fortunate during that time that I had another job that was able to give me more hours to kind of cover the gap there, uh, which, I mean, was was very helpful. Uh, I feel very lucky and fortunate that I, that was uh, that was the case. Uh, but there were definitely times during the summer where I was, you know, working more hours there and thinking, you know, is this, do I want to keep doing this? Is this something that, that, that you know, I want to continue on? I mean, it had been, you know, it's, it's now been over 11 years of, of running the site, uh, probably a good 15 or 16 just working, you know, covering high school sports and different papers, mediums, different states, um, you know, but... I, I had this feeling this past Monday, uh, you know, I covered the Exeter South boys game. And uh, after the game, I was walking back to my car and I just kind of felt this just just crush of, of emotion, uh, just happiness of being back and, and getting to watch this stuff. I, I felt myself actually starting to tear up a little bit, um, which, you know, I was kind of surprised by. I mean, I, I I know I like doing this, but that to me kind of felt like, you know, I, I kind of have been doing, make, made the right choice in doing this. And, uh, you know, another reason I feel that way, too, is just kind of the support, um, the outpouring that uh, people have kind of shown the last couple of weeks, you know, since we started doing the podcast, since uh, we put the membership stuff up on the site and doing more stories, um, you know, feeling really good because, uh, you know, we're, we're, what, halfway through April. And uh, I've got, we've had more membership signups in the last couple of weeks than uh, in, in that period of time, probably than I've ever had uh, in about five and a half years of doing the membership. So it's very encouraging, makes me feel like, 
you know, we're moving in the right direction. I'm doing the right things. Um, I actually had someone say to me the other day, too, that, uh, you know, they, they didn't realize, they knew I was media but didn't know where I was from. And then when I started talking, it was like, wait a minute, I recognize that voice from somewhere. And then realized it was from the podcast, which is kind of a weird feeling for me, but uh, was kind of cool. So I uh, just want to say thank you to, you know, coaches, um, the players and their parents, everyone that has, you know, clicked on a, uh, on a story to read it or signed up for a membership or, you know, uh, commented in, on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or wherever, wherever we are uh, and, and, you know, shown their support. And I, I greatly appreciate it. And, uh, you know, hopefully we're, we're on the way to uh, some exciting lacrosse this spring. I think so, Joe. I think uh, you know, based on based on early scores, you know, we, we can we can get into that a little bit later. I know we got a lot to do with the uh, the girls' preview today, but you know, based on early scores, there were some uh, you know, to me, there were some surprises in some of these early games we've seen here, and um, you know, I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I agree with you. You know, from from the games that I've been able to see, uh, it's been it's been great. There's been some live cast games. And um, I, I agree that just everybody seems so thankful just to be able to get out and uh, and see games in person or, or be able to watch them, you know, if they can't be there in person. So, uh, yeah, exciting. I'm glad to hear glad to hear a lot of people are tuning in looking for you for coverage, because um, I've been saying for years you do a great job with it. So oh, thanks. Thank excited you. to be back. Well, it's in, in no sp- small part to, you know, coaches like yourself, uh, you know, and all the coaches that. You know, as you said, we're we're going to wrap up our previews this week with a with a look at the girls' previews, uh, girls' teams in the state, and uh, you know, a lot of this. Uh, you know, if you, of course, you have your insights with with your, you know, coaching at Tomahawks and and coaching Dairyfield. Um, you know, I've got the people that I t- other people that I talk to, and and just from what you know, what I've seen. But I mean, that was two years ago that we were you know covering games. So a lot of this stuff that we're we're doing with these previews. I'd say 80 to 85% of it comes from the coaches. Um, you know, so it, it, we, we couldn't do this, I think, without their help. Um, so, you know, greatly appreciate that. And I know we couldn't do it without yeah. their, without their help. I mean, you know, you, everybody thinks that you may be a, a big operation out there, but uh, you know, you can only be at one place at a time. So, you know, without, without their help and without people subscribing, it's uh, you know, we wouldn't be able to, you wouldn't be able to bring the coverage to the, to the sport that, that it, you know, so rightfully deserves. Um, we've got, we're in a hotbed of lacrosse here. Um, I, I think arguably there isn't any other sport that's sending as many kids, you know, to the division oh, one, two and close, three levels no. in, in college, you know, in, in the state of New Hampshire. So uh, it's great that, you know, thankful that you, you continue to cover it in the way that you do. Yeah. I don't think that, I don't think that part of it's even close that they're, you know, the number of kids going to play, play in college uh, from New Hampshire. Um all right. Let's uh, actually. Well, speaking of college, you had a couple of notes that you wanted to uh, to bring up uh, before we get into the high school stuff. Uh, as we've been doing uh, every week, we're kind of taking a quick look at uh, what's been going on in the college scene and uh, what what, what kind of stuck out to you this week. Yeah. Well, I actually I'm going to start on the on the D two side. There were some there were two uh, standouts, and I'm going to talk about two of my two former goaltenders that I worked with. Uh, James Heitmiller, who was any ten rookie of the week this week for for Franklin Pierce. Uh, they just had a big 10-9 win over Assumption. It had been a while since they had beaten Assumption. Uh, Owen McCormick had a goal for Franklin Pierce. Uh, Tyler Grant, former standout at Londonderry, had, had an assist for Assumption. So a great, great game there. And again, James Heitmiller uh, picked up a, a second win recently here and was, was Rookie of the Week last week. 
And then uh, down in Lynn, Lynn University down there, Colin Casey is having a, a just an unbelievable spring. Had uh, 14 saves and a, and a big 13-8 win over uh, Florida Southern. Um, so two two standout goalies for Bishop Girton and, and guys who played at the Tomahawks at a high level, doing really well in the D2 scene there. And then uh, shifting over to D1, uh, a guy that we, we talked about a lot when he was in high school here, Dakota Clark. Had a goal. Uh, UMass Lowell's had a little bit of, you know, it's been a little bit of a down year for them this year, and they ran into kind of a little bit of a buzzsaw with Vermont there. They lost 16-5, but Dakota, good to see Dakota getting back in the, the scoring column there. Uh, Merrimack, uh, even their record to 4-4 four and four with a, uh, a one-goal victory over Mount St. Mary's, and, and Drew Haley picked up uh, a goal and assist in that game. Uh, our, our friends down in North Carolina had a little bit of a setback last week. They ran into a, a good Virginia team. I mean, that ACC is unbelievable oh, yeah. right now. Every single game. Uh, and, you know, come time, come time for the ACC tournament, you know, Zach Tucci is going to be one of those guys that's going to be a difference maker. Um, you know, he, he, had a, he had a few wins in the faceoff circle there. But that, it, to me, in my mind, that's what it's going to come down to in the, in the ACC in the tournament there. You know, how do the face-off guys match up against each other there? So, you know, a guy to watch there, and, and Zach Tucci, who was a standout here in the state, he'll be a bit, have a big role in that. And then finally, uh, Providence had a, had a breakout game. They won 19-9 uh, 19, 19 over St. John's, and uh, our good friend Timmy Hendricks picked up 2-1 uh, and one in the win there. So, um, you know, not, not a huge slate of, of guys this week, but, uh, you know, some solid results there. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, we had some uh, saw some some uh, I guess bad news uh, coming on before we started uh, recording today. Um, you know, and this kind of I guess uh, will be my 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 contribution to the the, uh, the college roundup here. Um, we saw that Holy Cross's uh, men's and women's programs were both being uh, canceled for the rest of the season due to some some COVID violations within this in the school. So, and I and you know we were both talking about it and couldn't remember that I. But it did happen with another school recently uh, where their programs were also uh, – their seasons also canceled. So I guess maybe that's a note to kind of stress to everyone that, uh, you know, even with um, the warmer weather coming, you know, and everybody getting outside, you know, a lot of people getting their vaccines. I got got my first shot on Monday. Uh, felt pretty good about that. Um, you know, it's still – still we're still not out of this yet, you know, so you still have to – you know, no one wants what happened last year to happen again. Uh, so it's uh, still pretty important to kind of just be vigilant. And, you know, it doesn't mean you have to, you know, lock yourself in your, your house or anything like that. But, you know, just be smart about it uh, and, yep. and so we can in, have an old cross season to enjoy. Yeah, it was too bad. I mean, Holy Cross, you know, they were, they were sitting at two, on the boys' side. They were sitting at two and four. They just had a nice win against Lafayette. They had one game, if I remember. Yeah, they had one game left against uh, against BU um, coming up, and so you know it's 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 disappointing for them that they uh, they don't get to finish out their season. Actually, I'm sorry, they, they had two games left. They had they had Colgate this weekend, and they had BU the following weekend. So you know, disappointing there again. We had talked an awful lot about you know AJ Fox, another uh, Bedford, New Hampshire. Uh, goaltender played up at Proctor, you know, was having a great year. He he finishes the season at about 55% from the season, over 85 saves, you know, so it was a nice, nice season for him, but way too short. You know, you put that much work in and you only get to play six games. Um, so, yeah. yeah, good reminder to everybody that we got to stay stay vigilant. So before we move on to the, the girls' previews, though, I mean, we've, as you said earlier, we, we're into the into the action. Uh, we've started a couple games here. 
Um, you know, we, we both have been at some games and, and, and watched some things. Um, but there were two scores, I think, that, that you know, we, we both probably agree kind of caught our eyes, uh, both on the boys' side, both in Division Two. Um, and not so much because of, you know, who won, just by maybe so much more the margin of victory, I think. Um, you had Portsmouth coming out to Wyndham on Tuesday and beating Wyndham uh, 11-5. And then you had Winnicott, um, uh, and that, I believe that game was at Timberlane, but I'm not, now i got to double check on that. Um, yeah, it was at Timberlane. Uh, Winnicott went out there and, uh, and beat the Owls 12-3. Uh, so two scores that, um, again, not surprised at, at the final outcome, but maybe more so the score. I'm a little less surprised at the, the Winnicott at Timberlane, uh-huh. and not because not because I don't think that you know Coach Ken and Ken, Ken Blaska and his team have a good scoring offense this year. I think they do. It's just you know if Winnicott comes out and and they're playing zone, it's it's something that takes time to prepare for, and it's it's something that you know early in the season. How much time do you spend on on your zone offense early in the season? You know um, if if the majority of the other teams you're going to face during the regular season or playing man, you probably want to, you probably want to get good at that right away. So kind of a, a tough, a tough opening week for, uh, for Timberlane and, and coach Blaska there to, to have to face them. I I'd look for them to that game to be a little bit more competitive on, uh, you know, I think if they play, do they play they, again tomorrow? They or play Friday? again tomorrow. Yeah. So I, I, I think, I think they'll make some adjustments and I would look for that game to be a little bit closer um, you know, I, I give Coach Vischer a, a lot of credit. Um, you know, to, to go into Portsmouth, one of the one of the preseason favorites. Um, you know, with with the talent that they they lost through graduation and through attrition to other prep schools, uh, that's that's an incredible uh, opening win there, and got to got to be something to to give them a lot of confidence and a, a big boost going forward. Absolutely. Um, so. You know, and again, I, I would look for Wyndham to make some adjustments too. You know, probably maybe didn't know exactly what Portsmouth had, didn't know about matchups, and now you get a chance to turn around and see what you can do on on short rest. So that'll be another interesting game to uh, to check out later this week. Yeah, that's going to be um, the, the fun thing about this season is just getting to, you know, in some of these games where it's, you know, where you expect it to be, you know, the talent level isn't that, you know, disparative. So you're going to have a lot of, I think, you know, weekly splits here you know where you've got one team taking one game the other one comes back makes adjustments and maybe the other team you know takes the foot off the gas a little bit that second time around haven't gotten a win uh i think yeah i think that's going to happen quite a bit and it's it's yeah. kind of exciting i, I it's interesting you know because we've you know i don't think we've ever had anything quite like that before yeah it'll be it'll be neat to see so so let me ask you a little bit on the on the boys division one side you got to so you saw you were i believe you were at the exeter yes. south game correct i was yeah. yes so south jumps south jumps out to an early i think you got as three, much as three to one three to one right? yeah it was three one early in that one and playing uh, well uh ethan johnson yep. making some say made a lot of saves in that he, right, he really kept them in that game for for stretches um, you know, Exeter took a ton of shots. I don't remember what the final was, but I had him with like 23 shots in the first half. Um, but in the, in the first quarter, a lot of those were just all over the place. They couldn't, they were having trouble getting it on net. And when they were, he was, uh, Ethan was making saves, um, you know, and, and South took advantage of a couple opportunities. Uh, some, some younger goalies out there for Exeter, um, you know, getting their first varsity starts. So that's, you know, that, that probably played into it a little bit. But then I think, you know, late in the first, 
Exeter got two goals to tie it, and then uh, and you know, and then they went on a big run to start the second quarter. Um, you know, and then the same thing happened late in the third quarter. South made it a three goal game, and then they just you know came out blazing the last like four or five minutes of the third, uh, and turned it for I think it was nine six, and then uh, I want to say it was something like you know fourteen six going into the fourth quarter. So as we expected, Exeter Exeter with a lot of depth, uh, yeah. able to able to run able to run teams kind of kind of into the ground a little bit there. So getting up and down the field and you know, uh, but but a lot of credit to uh, to South for for hanging with them and, and giving them a game. And so it'll be you know possibly interesting to see what kind of adjustments they make going forward there. Um, you know, and you, you know, um, another one. Well, I want, sorry, I just want to mention too. Yeah. You know, we're talking about Timberlane and and what their you know their start. Uh, and they actually head to South uh, Saturday morning, um, so that should that should be an interesting game. Last time those two met was uh, a playoff game in 2019 that Timberland won in overtime. Uh, so I think that'll be a pretty good one um, coming up this Saturday, 11 a.m. over at Stellos, and uh, all everything goes. Or hopefully the snow's done by then and everything goes right. Yours truly will be be over at that one. That's a uh, that's a tough slate to open up with. Winter oh, yeah. kind of twice and and south on the on the road there. That's uh, no easy, not an easy week there at all. <laughs> no. So, um, you know, and then and then looking at uh, you know that we preseason favorite Bishop Girton and and they, uh, I believe they jumped out to as much as seventeen to three. Yeah, it was, over it was over Londonderry. Yeah, it was a big at one was, point. I think it might before, have even been like fifteen to two at halftime or something like that. Yeah, so uh, dominant as we thought they were going to be, JJ Murphy controlling the draw, uh, you know, scoring all scoring all around. Um, you know, any anything in particular stick out to you from that box score? I mean, you you kind of hit on it. The, just the face off, the Murphy's kind of dominance in the face off, and then just the the scoring was. I mean, they had so many guys score in that game. Um, you know, it was it was one of those lists where where Coach Cameron sends it over, and it's. Geez, it might be easier to tell me who didn't score. <laughs> um, yeah, but just um, it, again, this is another one. It, it you know they play again Thursday night at Stellos, uh, seven o'clock, um, and that's you know we're look we're talking about the weather before we started, and it looks like it's probably going to be raining during that game. So uh, see, and you know Londonderry, they'll make their as we we talked about, they'll make their adjustments and. You know, it, it might be a little bit of a closer game. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. I think B, BG's just, again, <clears throat> that scoring depth is it, – it's tough to, to beat that. It is. But I, I was impressed with, with as big a game as Dawson Clark had. I thought, you know, coming into the season, I mean, who, who doesn't know that Dawson's going to be one of the guys? And uh, I, I can't – he was at least, what, five, he had five, six goals? Five, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, for him, I mean – you know, it's you know you can try and key on these players, but they're if they're still getting five six goals a game, just shows it's going to take a monumental effort. It's oh, going right. to take a perfect game from somebody to to be able to knock these guys off. But uh, you know, a perfect game from somebody and and BG not playing, you know, playing particularly not well <laughs> on that day uh, for them. So, all right. Um, and then the other one that you know, just finally oh, the yeah, other one that yeah. jumped out to me was. Uh, you know, Pinkerton, you know, was Pinkerton going to be able to, uh, would their, would their scoring depth be there? Would they, you know, and I think what was that? I believe it was 17, 17 to three, two, two, yeah. 17, yeah. two over Salem. Yeah. You know, so again, uh, you know, it, a lot of goal scores, you know, lockdown defense. I mean, it, it seems like a typical Pinkerton score of old. If you didn't know anybody, you'd still think, you know, Brian O'Reilly was the head coach <laughs> and, 
you know, we'd be heading towards a, a, a BG Pinkerton final there. So maybe the, maybe the demise of Pinkerton is, uh, is, is not quite there yet. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I, I think you might be right about that. Well, Hey, we'll find out next week. Um, you know, uh, and actually I'm, I'm kind of, uh, wanted to mention this too. I mean, next Tuesday, um, you know, looking at the schedule on the, on the boys side, at least it's, um, you know, it's one of those days where it's, you're going to be hard pressed to find a game to, or pick a game to go to, because there's a lot of good ones. Of course, the girl, the, the BG Pinkerton girls play Monday night. Uh, so thank you to the ADs for, uh, for, to, uh, to Brian O'Reilly and, and, uh, Ryan Brown for making that happen. Uh, so that the girls game is Monday night and the boys game is Tuesday night. Um, but yeah, so Tuesday, next Tuesday, you've got Pinkerton at BG at seven over at Stellos. Uh, your guys, your Dairyfield boys are playing Goffstown at home. Um, that's yep. a bit of a rivalry there, uh, I would think. Um, oh, it's big rivalry. We'll be, we'll be, we're excited for that yeah. one. You've got, uh, Lebanon at Hanover, uh, also on Tuesday. Um, and from what I read, I think that's the first time that they are playing each other in like over 15 years. Um, so that's a, you know. That seems crazy. Yeah, how I know. That not I know. I, I'm maybe because Hanover has been in D1 all these years. I, and I mean, Lebanon's I know how it D3. happens. But it seems like it should have. Yeah, it, it like should have yeah. been at least an out of division exactly. game or something. You know. Yeah. Um, you know, another, another couple of rivals, Conval and Manadnock, play on Tuesday. Um, again, not, um, you know, not your typical teams that you're saying, oh wow, you know, what are you know these teams aren't going to be in your your top tens, but you know that's an, another rivalry game. Um, you know, and, and should be a pretty good one. Uh, Speaking of, speaking of that, we had we had talked earlier. I'm I'm, I'm glad to see Manadnock out playing this year, Absolutely, but it's an uphill yeah. battle uphill battle for them with very very small numbers this year. Yeah. Conval again, another situation where you know through coaching changes and other things, I think their numbers are pretty good. But uh, you know, it's just it's good for the state. I'm glad uh, I'm glad Manadnock is out and making it happen this year. But you hope yeah. that everybody stays healthy and. Uh, that's, I mean, that again, another proud program that you know has been in, in Division Three state finals was a perennial Final Four team. You know, I remember early days when we were we were in Division Three. Uh, you know, just amazing battles with them. So, hoping hoping for the best for them this spring and, and that they're able to continue to make it make it happen. So, so this this next one is I think is going to be a sneaky good game. Uh, Portsmouth at Oyster River Newmarket. Uh, that's also on Tuesday. Could be a very good yeah. game. Uh, you've got Laconia at Plymouth. Uh, Exeter at Sauhegan. And then uh, Winnicunit at Wyndham on Tuesday. So that's I, a pretty good line. Yeah. That's a that's a really good lineup. You're gonna right need you're gonna need like five laptops and your phone, a couple of phones to to live stream <laughs> all these games. Get a couple of different tabs open. Tell everyone else in your house to get off the Wi-Fi. Uh, you know, cause I don't know how you pick, you know, I, I was having a hard time. Thankfully BG and Pinkerton play at seven. So then I was trying to decide what game am I going to, am I going to go to in the afternoon uh, yeah. that I can then make it back to Nashua in time. Uh, so yeah, that'll, that's a, a big day, an exciting day. I'm, I'm going to be definitely be on Twitter all day, checking to see what, you know, some scores and trying to find updates. So, but all right. Uh, we did say we we're going to do our uh, girls preview tonight, um, so let's get rolling into that. Of course, uh, we are going to try to hit all, or we are going to hit all three divisions tonight. Um, let's might as well start with Division One, um, and I think going into this one, you know, it's a little bit like uh, on the boys' side. Um, I think clearly your favorite going into this season is is Bishop Girton. 
um, by maybe well, not a lot, have, but a little bit at least. Yeah. I mean, when you have 16 players that are going to continue <laughs> to play in college, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to argue against that. You know, I mean, where, where do you start? I mean, you know, there's, there's, there's talent all across the board. I mean, you know, uh, McKenna Riki and goal. Uh, I believe Lauren Sweeney is there now. Um, oh, she's, um, I mean, she's still at Pinkerton. She went back to Pinkerton. She's at Pinkerton. Okay. Yeah. She's at Pinkerton. Okay. But still, if you start with, you start with McKenna Riki at goal, I mean, returning in the defense that she has in front of her. Um, you know, I, there, there aren't, there aren't any holes on this team yeah. right now. Again, it's probably going to be like on the boys' side that the, the team that steps up to to beat them or or has the chance to beat them is going to have to play perfect, and they're going to have to be a little off on that day. Um, who really who really stands out for you is, is some of the players on on Bishop Garden. I mean, they have just a a loaded senior class. I mean, you have some uh, a senior uh, in Lindsey Halt who you know with the um, the cancellation of last year, I think missed out on being. Uh, potentially being the first four-time All-American uh, in the state. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's right. I don't think anyone else has been a four-time All-American. So, uh, I mean, I, I mean, right there, that's a, a great place to start. But I think maybe even um, someone who's going to maybe even draw more attention this year is, is junior uh, Riley Bouvier, uh, who just, you know, last night, or excuse me, Tuesday night against Londonderry, I think she had five goals. Um, and she just, she, you know, she can... She's great in, the, in on draws. Um, she just seems to always know what to do with the ball, um, and just has a great shot. And, and she just—it's just all looks like it's come so easy to her. Um, of course, she's committed to go play at Stanford next year, um, or excuse me, in two years. Uh, she's just a junior. But I mean, there—you you look up and down that roster. I mean, again, other seniors you get uh, Maddie Keating and and uh, Mimi Piercy. Uh, uh, that you know that are their captains this year, along with Halt. Uh, their defense is loaded. You got Emma Hayhurst, uh, Frida Teresa, uh, who are both seniors, and then Delaney Romalho, uh, who's a junior. Uh, I was in, I was reminded of that last night. I or Tuesday night. I did get that wrong uh, in the preview. Uh, she is a junior, so they got her for next another year. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's. Um, they had ten different players score goals the other night. So I mean, it's it's how do you. You know, you, you can stop one or two players, but someone else is going to step up. Right. And then and then and then they've got it. They've got it. Not only that, but you, you got to stop them. But then you got to get through their defense right. that we yeah. talked about yeah. as well. Yeah. So, um, um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, if there are some teams that are going to do it, um, in my opinion, you know, I, I would look towards maybe a Sauhegan or, you know, a Pinkerton. Um, you know, I, I don't think you can ever count out Londonderry and Bedford. Um, how do you how do you see it? I think Pinkerton's probably, you know, uh, we have a little bit of, of an advantage, I guess, do, talking about this one because there were a couple games already played. But but Pinkerton, I think, um, you know, they, they did have a lot of question marks coming in just in terms of depth. Um, they certainly have the talent uh, amongst, their, you know, the, the core group of kids. Um, but, you know, it looks like they, too, are, are in the same boat as, as Bishop Gurdon. Maybe some of the names aren't as familiar as some of these BG kids, but, you know, They've got, um, you know, their senior captains are, are kids that have been around for a while. And Caroline Daziel, uh, Abby Jowett, and, and Justine Doyle, who are, you know, I, they're, they're names that I feel like have been around the Pinkerton program forever. Uh, Caroline Daziel specifically because, of course, she's the youngest daughter of, of head coach Rob Daziel, and, and, and his four daughters have all played for him um, at various points over the last, I don't know, I think 10 years. Um, you know, so, of course, her name looks familiar on there. But then they've also got... 
um, a junior midi and, and Allison Lanthier, who I believe is committed to go play at Merrimack, um, you know, who's a, a very talented player, and, and uh, they've got a pair of goalies who are both uh, both very good. Um, so yeah, I think they're probably number one, and then I would or number one to challenge uh, Bishop Girton, and then right after that, I'd probably put Sauhegan and Bedford, and then maybe like the next notch, probably Londonderry. Yeah, I mean, I, I see it. I see it in a similar. I see it in a similar way there. Um, and you know, those are usually those are usually our, our final four contenders that we talk about on right. a, on a regular basis there. Um, and I think any other year without the depth that that BG has, I think he, I think it'd be a coin toss. Right. You know, for the for for you know who who's going to get there and win it. Um, so, um, who who really stands to you? Who really stands out for South Egan? Why, why are they? Why why do you think they're in the mix? You know, I think they're they're up there because um, you know they return um, Abby Hawks on offense or at attack. Uh, you know, who's a very again another senior who's been around for a while. Um, you know, can really lead them lead excuse me lead them on offense. Uh, and then Ava Stein on defense. Uh, she's another senior. Uh, again, been around for a while, has that experience, and then uh, she's playing in front of uh, who's you know it's you say a new goalie because. She wasn't the starter two years ago, but uh, Shannon Hargreaves, uh, she's a junior, uh, probably would have been the starter last year. Um, you know, so she's uh, got getting a little bit, probably going to get a little more experience as we go along here. And then um, you also have on offense uh, Callie Bishop, who's a junior, committed to go to Louisville, who's a very talented player, someone I think you, you might be a little familiar with too. And had Callie in science class when she was in middle school. Very talented, very talented athlete, great kid. Um, yeah, I mean, so, you know, it takes a little pressure off of Abby there. Um, no, I agree with you. I think, I think they've got, I think they've got some, uh, I think they've got the firepower to, to challenge. Yeah. And then, uh, as we said, Bedford and Londonderry, I think are right there too. Um, and both have plenty of kids that are, you know, returning and, and going on to play in college. Um, the team that kind of interests me, um, you know, cause I'm not really sure where they fit, um, you know, how close they are to that group and maybe how close they are to like the next group, um, is Concord. Um, you know, they have, um, some kids back who are pretty talented, uh, you know, seniors, uh, Grace Leonard and Taylor Green, uh, their junior class might even be a little bit stronger, Mary Martinson and, uh, Caitlin McKinnon. Uh, but I'm not, you know, I, they, and I think they had a couple games get postponed this week. I'm not entirely sure why. Um, you hope it's not, you know, anything COVID related, um, you know, but once they kind of get going too, I, I want to see where they kind of end up. Um, Cause I'm not too sure. I'm, I feel like they might, might be a little closer to that top group, but not positive on that. Anyone else, uh, you know, in, in Division One that you're going to be interested, you know, maybe maybe not be challenging for a Final Four spot or 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 a championship, but anybody else that you think could rise up and, and have a uh, have a strong year this year? You know, um, you were talking about scores that kind of opened our eyes, and um, you know, the one uh, yesterday between Nashua South Manchester Central, you know, I, I kind of thought that they would be a little closer um, competitively, and then saw that South won. Uh, 17 to nothing so uh, maybe I, I you know need to give the the Panthers a little more uh, or move them a little bit higher up too on my on my list there um, but they have a couple really good uh, juniors on offense and Olivia Johnson and Caitlin West uh, you know who should be scoring a lot for both of them um, yeah but was definitely surprised by that one so maybe they're maybe they're a little further along than I might have thought 
All right. So division division one, the way you see it right now, we've got we've got Bishop Curtin, and then we've sort of got uh, Sahegan, Pinkerton, Londonary, and Bedford in that mix. And you're keeping your eye on Nashua yeah. South there. South and Concord, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see where they end up. Um, yeah, as the season goes along, and of course, you know, it'll be um, as we've talked about before. You know, it's, uh, it's an open tournament. Um, you know, so wins and losses aren't necessarily going to be uh, detrimental to your seating. So that that'll make things a little bit interesting too. So, you know, we we may sit here and say oh we expect these teams to be the top five or four or whatever and, and it may not end up looking like that at the end of the year unfortunately all right so if we want to transition so we maybe transition to division two here yeah, um you know thinking through the last couple of years it's been a portsmouth winnicott world um you know do you do you see it any different in division two this year you know i i don't think so i i mean this is this was a tough one you know looking at it because there's there's been a lot of change among the the typical top teams in the division. Um, you know, you look at the teams that a lot have of coaching changes, a lot of coaching changes. Um, just in general, on the girls' side, I feel like there was a lot of turnover in coaches. But but D two specifically, um, you know, you've got going back to 2010, you've got five programs that have played in the Division two championship game that are still in the division. There's a couple that have moved up or down. Um, you know, Portsmouth, Winnicott, Wyndham, Hollis, Brookline, and Hanover. Of those five teams, only Hollis Brookline has the same coach that it did two years ago in in 2019. Wow, that's um, yeah. that's that's pretty big turnover for for a successful program. Exactly, that's that's kind of the the more I guess interesting part of this is that these aren't. It's not like these are struggling programs. I mean, these are the best programs in the division, um, just with a ton of coaching turnover. Um, so that kind of that makes things a bit interesting. And then you also look too, and a lot of these teams. Um, you know, they either graduated a lot of seniors in 2019 or they graduated a lot of seniors in 2020. Um, you know, so there's there's been a lot of turnover on the rosters. I'd say maybe with the exception of, you know, Winnicunit from last year to this year didn't graduate a lot, but they did from two years ago. You know, Wyndham has a lot of kids back that would have played last year. Same with right. Hollis Brookline. Um, you know, but Portsmouth, Hanover, they're kind of mix it in um, – you know, a lot, a lot of new faces. Uh, I mean, they're kids that got experience, I think, two years ago, but not, you know, they weren't looked at to be, you know, the throwing the team on teams on their backs. Uh, but I, so, I mean, I got to go at this point, just probably stick with the, the defending champs and, and say maybe the, the favorite by a very small margin is Portsmouth with Winnicott at Wyndham and then Hollis Brookline Hanover, not, not too, too far behind. Any particular, you know, if we if we start looking at those, who really who really stands out for Portsmouth? Who who was it going to, you know, offense, defense? Who would be some of the the players that you know we we expect to stand out for them this year? You know, they've got uh, four captains this year: two seniors, two two juniors. Uh, Sophie Campbell and uh, oh, I'm going to apologize to Deja here, Deja Shremuskavana. Uh, I I know I didn't say that right. I apologize. Uh, both of them are are back on defense. Um, their, their junior goalie, Arden Griffin, uh, stepping in this year. I, she's going to be a first time starter. And then at midfield junior Mia Smith, those, those are their captains, but they also return two other juniors, uh, Julia Rolf, uh, who is a midi and plays on attack. And then, uh, Ellie Seafried. So those, I think that group there is kind of their core group. Um, you know, they're, they're probably going to look to lead the way early on. And then, uh, for, for Winnicott, they've, um, you know, they do have one very key piece back, and that is their goalie, uh, Laney Parrott, who is a, a senior and 
you know, if you if you include last year, a four year starter uh, for the Warriors, so that's that's a huge uh, building block to have. So, a lot of good, a lot of good leadership there. You know, you, you build you build your team from from the goal and from the face off from the from the draw. You know, right. and so I think I think that's a nice place from when when it to be at, at that point. Um, with with Russ coach with Russ Perkins taking over uh, for Wyndham this year. You know what? What does he have to work with? Um, does he have? It seems like he's got some strong players returning, decent senior class. I mean, who who really who's going to stand out for them? Do you think this year? I think um, you know, uh, Paige DeVries and uh, Maria Teresa, uh, both on defense. Um, one's a senior, one's a junior. Both look to them to to kind of lead that group. He's and he's been around the program for for a while. Been an assistant coach um, for years. If you you know, if you were at a Wyndham games during indoor season, you probably heard him there too. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and another key player for them too on offense is uh, is more is Junior Morgan Ross. I think she's uh, probably poised to have a big year for them. Um, you know, and then we you know we we kind of looked at uh, Hollis Brookline and Hanover as kind of maybe being that next level um, down a notch. Uh, you know, Hollis had a bunch of seniors last year that were very good that they graduated. Um, but they do have a couple of very talented kids coming back. Uh, senior Mitty, uh, Abby, uh, Magnazuski, uh, junior Ellie Maxwell, who is uh, Coach Jim Maxwell's daughter, and then uh, Morgan Broadhurst, both on defense. So they've got, again, some building blocks there. Uh, Hanover, um, you know, they've got a new coach in, in, in Sarah Martin who actually came on before last season started. Uh, but they graduated a ton from 2020, that including uh, Maddie McCorkle, who's now playing at Duke. Um, you know, and, and not, a, not a lot back. They do have um, two solid captains, one senior uh, Wiley Lucas and one junior Caroline Adams. So, I, yeah, I would expect them to kind of be in that mix too. Joe, nobody, nobody's ever going to claim that you are not a professional. The, the <laughs> fact that you rattled off Magna Zuzuki like like it was nothing that uh that that's impressive right there. Well, I got to tell you because I looked at that name and I said not even going there. That was I, impressive. I mean I, I won't claim that I got it right, um, but I tried. <laughs> it was very smooth. It rolled off. Oh, it rolled right. off your tongue there. That was good. So <laughs> on that, on, on that note, uh, so who, you know, outside of that, we did the same thing in, in division one, we kind of had the core four or four or five teams there, you know, who, who would you also kind of, if there was anybody going to kind of rise up again, maybe they're not going to the final four, but who are you kind of looking for, uh, in terms of, of challengers? Yeah, this, this is kind of a, a, you know, again, like trying to pick the top half, you know, who of that top group, you know, was maybe the favorite. I think this was pretty tough too, because again, there's, there's a couple of teams that, you know, they're not returning a lot, but they could be, you know, if when you've got so many teams that are in that position, I mean, any one of them could step up, you know, be pretty good. Um, you know, the two I'd probably put at the top of that list are Oyster River, Newmarket, and Goffstown. Um, you know, Goffstown has, I think, one of the better players in the division coming back in, in senior uh, Gracie Pierce. Um you know, but then you look to, I think, Conval, um, you know, they've got some some pretty good players coming back, a nice core that's kind of around senior uh, Madeline Plord, uh, who's their, actually their leading scorer as a sophomore in 2019. Uh, you look at John Stark, um, you know, they did lose a lot, and they've got some kids that are going to be getting playing time that, that had nev have never played lacrosse before. Uh, but again, they've been kind of on a steady upward trajectory over the last couple of years since they moved up to Division Two. And uh, and Merrimack Valley, um, you know, we don't. I don't think we talk about them too much. Um, 
terms of girls lacrosse. Um, but they, you know, they've kind of been, I think, you know, they have, they haven't been a playoff team, but I think they've been steadily kind of competitive with, with, you know, some of the maybe second tier teams in the division. Um, they've got 10 seniors back on their roster, seven of those kids who played as sophomores. So I think that's another team to keep an eye on, um, see what they do this year. So similar to the boys side, you know, a, a huge, huge division and division two, uh, you know, te- other teams that we didn't even touch on Alvern, Spalding, Kennett, Kingswood, Cobrown, Pembroke, uh, Manchester Memorial West, Timberlane. So, you know, just tons and tons of teams in division two. So, um, you know, there will be, that'll be an interesting division to keep their eye on just in terms of, the, you know, the number of teams and, and uh, how diverse uh, the talent level is going to be across the state there. Yeah, um, I think so it it's could be some. Yeah, I was going to say I think it's what 18, 18 teams, so not quite twenty three. Although it's twenty three. Although unfortunately, I think we heard it's it's actually going to be what twenty one. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, year, unfortunately, John Stark's not able to field a team this year in Manchester Central. Uh, they're they're looking to looking to sort of combine with with Memorial for yeah. the spring and yeah. hoping to make that work. So, so not so. quite not quite twenty not quite twenty plus teams, but uh, we're getting there. Surely getting there. Yeah. Um, you know, and then, um, you know, looking at, uh, at division three, uh, or any, any final thoughts to add on division two before we, before we move on? No, I think we covered division yeah. two pretty well. I mean, I, I agree with you that I, I, I think I'm, I'm looking, you know, towards a, a Portsmouth Winnicott, uh, you know, yeah, final again as so. well, and what it looks like on that side of the bracket. I think so. But, but I think maybe of, of all six divisions, that's maybe the final, I feel the least confident in, uh, well, I will also tell you that that's probably the least, you know, now that, now that I've said that, it's probably actually the least likely final <laughs> well, two. Because yeah, you know what? Yeah, unfortunately, I that. unfortunately, one of, one of those teams, depending <laughs> on how many how many cohorts they have, they they will either not make a final four or or they will be, you know, they yeah, because yeah, Wyndham I mean, and Portsmouth will likely have to face each other in the same cohort. Unfortunately, yeah. I didn't um, even I didn't even think of that when we were when we were first discussing this. Um, well, there that professionalism you talked about earlier, oh, just completely, yeah, we'll throw out the window. <laughs> uh, rookie mistake there on my part, uh, but I mean, I I guess I I guess what I mean by that is is those are the maybe the two teams I most likely could see winning yeah. winning the championship. Uh, sure. And and yeah, now that you mentioned that, unfortunately, it sounds like maybe only one is going to get there. Um, all right. So, anyways, on to on to the division three. Um, you know, I think. With this division, um, there's two teams that kind of stand out to me as maybe being a little bit ahead of the pack. I'm not sure. I think it might be even be a toss-up at this point who I would say is maybe the, f- the number one favorite, number two favorite. Maybe they're like 1A, 1B, um, and that would be um, Derryfield and uh, and St. Thomas. Uh, D- Derryfield, of course, was the runner-up in 2019, and uh, I believe, wasn't there, didn't they beat St. Thomas in the quarterfinals? Uh that year it did yes i yeah. think both, both boys boys and girls played in the, in the semifinals against well yeah each i mean of course of course the boys did i mean you that's, that's right like a, I mean, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be yeah. a tournament without that right right yeah they're gonna move st thomas all the way over to the west the western part of the state just so they can play in your uh, <laughs> in your bracket this year um yeah i mean why don't we why don't we start with dairy field though i mean they've they've got um you know probably one of the most experienced core group of girls coming back 
Um, you know, I'll, I'll let you, you, do you want to, you want to chat sure. about them? You, you yeah, know. I, I think it starts, I think it starts with the senior class. Um, you know, they have, they have senior Lucy Licata who, who plays, plays the draw and, and plays midfield who's committed to Colgate. Um, you know, incredible athlete is a, is a division one athlete in the true sense of the word, um, is going to be a matchup problem for, for most teams in the state. Um, you know, she's, uh, in in behind her she's got shauna lemery is in, in the net uh and and then lauren mclean uh also also on defense back there so that the, you know the core three of them are going to be a really strong you've got you've got offense you've got defense you've got goaltending taken care of uh they have a great they have a great athlete in in charlotte rolfs uh who also plays defense um she's committed to hobart for uh for field hockey hobart williams smith um, you know, and then, uh, the, the Patron sisters, Eva and Lexi, um, you know, they're, they're very strong. Leah Hoy, um, uh, you know, they're, they're just going to be, they're going to be really strong across the board. Um, they had, they have a, a junior and Casey Benson who came into the program this year, um, looking for, looking for big things out of her, um, you know, and then I think they're really excited about the number of sophomores and freshmen yeah. they have coming out. You know, it's it's a it's a big class. Um, you know, it, the junior class only has only has two kids in it, but so it's it's a weird. It's a little bit like I have on the boys' side. We have a really strong senior class, small junior class, and then basically two two classes of <laughs> freshmen because they didn't get to play right. the year before. So, if there is a chink in the armor, it's that you know I think. Um, those younger kids are going to have to step up to provide, to provide depth. I mean, coming into every game, it's no surprise. Lucy knows this. Everybody's going to be keying on her. And will there be, will there be enough girls that will step up to put the ball in the back of the net when teams try and take Lucy away? If they can do that, um, you know, I think they have a very good shot of of going to the finals and and possibly winning it all. Um, You know, the team, the team they played two years ago in Hopkinton, they only returned two starting varsity players this year. Um, you know, so I, I think a lot of a lot of that that core that was at, at Hopkinson that made them so dominant um, has left. So, you know, there is there is that opening there, um, you know, and you had mentioned. So the, the other team, you know, and I got to watch them firsthand in indoor and was pretty impressed with them was was St. Thomas. Um, yep. You know, and I yep. think it's a group. I think it's a group that's been together for a long time. Um, you know, again, similar to Dairy Field has a uh, has a very, you know, uh, big senior class. Um, you know, so I, I think in, and they've got some nice, it looks like, again, got some nice freshmen that are, that are going to come in and contribute for them. Um, what have you, you know, you, you, you heard from the St. Thomas coach, who do you expect yeah. for them to kind of, to kind of challenge? Why, um, why are they, uh, why are they so I, strong? I think probably the top two, I mean, you mentioned those seniors that have played together for a while, but probably the top two that stand out, um, you know, they've got two kids that are going to play division one, uh, and, uh, you know, midfielder Sarah Leahy, who's going to, to Mercer, and uh, uh, Brooke Chandler on attack, who's going to play at Bryant next year. Um, uh, you know, and and you know, Brooke is is kind of the kind of the matchup problem that you know you were talking about with 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 Lucy there. Um, maybe for a little for some different reasons though, just because of her size, she's a she's a big kid. Um, you know, really probably tough to defend. I I don't know. I, you know, I haven't seen. I, again, I I saw them in indoor like you did, um, and when I watched them. You know, she was playing a lot with her with her left hand too. I don't know if she's left-handed. You know, that's that's how she plays all the time, or 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 not, or you know, if she can use both hands. But that's a big matchup problem, I think. Um, yeah. You know, just especially at the at that level too, just because you're not, you know, 
there's less number of kids that you're playing, um, you know, on each team. So, you know, maybe that's some a matchup that a lot of kids don't see. Then you've got a couple other good seniors uh, on that team too on on offense in uh, uh, in uh, Kylie Youngklaus and uh, Ella Guselius. And then on defense, uh, Carly Caswell is a is a very good defender for them. Um, I thought they had a, a goalie returning for them too, but maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe I, I you know, could be wrong about that. Their uh, coaching staff didn't mention that. Uh, but then they also have a couple of freshmen coming in, in uh, Megan Leahy, who's also going to play on attack, and uh, Catherine Vetter, who's a, uh, a defender. So, yeah, I think, I, you know, just they may not have, again, like you were saying with, with Derryfield, um, the depth might be something that they have to build up over time. But I think, you know, that core is going to really take them far, um, I think, this year. Yeah, I mean the slight, you know, and again I'm biased because they're my girls, but <laughs> I, I would I would give them a slight advantage just because I think I think draws can be such a huge factor if you can play make it take it, um, especially in the girls game. I think that's a big advantage, and and you know I think Lucy has the ability to do that. I think she can be dominant in the draw circle, and then you know it, it, making stops is a huge is a huge thing in in well in both boys and girls lacrosse, yeah, but. Yeah especially in girls lacrosse and, and Shauna is truly a dominant goaltender, especially at the division three level. So, I mean, that's why I think both teams, you look at the talent, you look at how their classes are made up. It's very, very similar. But in my mind, it, when you, when you, you know, if one team is, is more is stronger in the goal and in the draw area that would get early on, that would get, but you know, again, I haven't, I haven't seen St. Thomas play as much as I have Dairy Field, so right, I'm, right. my bias is showing through right now. Well, you know what? It's uh, the way this is going to break down this year too, uh, and and I feel I feel lucky about this. Maybe maybe the coaches will will disagree here, uh, but because you know your your boys program is in Division Two, the uh, the St. Thomas boys program is also in Division Two. It looks like uh, you know both girls teams are going to be playing a couple of D two teams as well, and I think for St. Thomas that brings them out. Uh, this way a little bit more. Um, I know they play, you know, Derryfield and St. Thomas play each other, I think, in late May or mid, mid-May, mid somewhere yep, in there. Yeah, that'd be great. I, it might be actually the last week. It I, might be one of the last week. I uh, think it's the week before the last yeah. week that they play each other. Um, uh, so it'll May, be a good matchup for them. May 18th and May 20th. There you um, go. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, yeah, next to last week. And then, um, you know, St. Thomas also plays um, – oh, I had their schedule here. Hold on. <laughs> Uh, well, while you're looking for it, I know our girls we're we're actually we're we're actually uh, playing Winnicunit as well. Um, wanted yeah, to, wanted to a, challenge ourselves. That's an interesting see, one, yeah. Yeah, kind of kind of see where we're at and, and see what we can do. Yeah, you guys both play Goffstown this year, which um, that'll be that'll yep. be interesting. Um, you know, and then and then St. Thomas also plays Campbell. Um, they have two games against Portsmouth and two games against Oyster River too. So I mean, that's a I mean, a lot of a lot of those games, um, you know, are not just traveling to come out this way a little bit more, but also uh, Division Two teams. So um, they're you know both both programs challenging themselves at a time when you know or or when it maybe you know is is probably the most optimal to do that. So I'm I'm pretty excited about those games. Um, yeah. You know, you know so l- looking around the landscape of Division Three, you know, I know traditionally in in girls lacrosse and even on the boys side. You know, two programs in Kearsarge and Laconia who had a, a storied history, you know, in, in final fours and titles and things like that. What, what are you expecting out of them this year? Um, you know, I think both both teams, I think, will be I mean, they're, they're just such good programs. Um, and, and like you said, such good history that, that you know, great coaches on both sides, too. Um, you know, and, and they've got 
championship experience. Um, I don't know if the, any of the kids that are currently on either team have that experience, um, but it's not they're not that far removed from it. You know, Laconia, um, you know, they might be a little bit um, looking at rebuilding, but, but I mean, that I feel like maybe everybody could say that a little bit. Um, you know, they do have some pretty good returners, uh, you know, in senior middies, uh, Bella Daly and Lydia Tucker. Uh, and they've also got a couple good juniors back in Katie Westcott and uh, Madison Brooks. You know, so, you know, I think they're a team. I, they might be, you know, like we were talking about in Division Two, where you've got, you know, your different tiers. They might just be in that second tier, um, you know, right behind kind of the, the favorites. And, and I'd probably put Kearsarge in there, too. You know, they've, they've still got um, some girls back. You know who have some experience. I feel like, uh, you know, girl like uh, girls like Libby Ang Angus and, and Megan Norris. I feel like we've been talking about them um, in these previews for for a long, long time. Um, so I think they are finally seniors this year. You know, and then you've got Caroline Camp, Ellie Camp, and uh, uh, Devin Philides. Uh, I believe that's how you say it. I apologize if I got that wrong. Um, you know, so they've got a nice a nice little smaller core, maybe than than the other teams we were talking about. But I think both of them are going to be competitive and, and may, you don't know, have a chance to maybe maybe get there at the end yeah you know i mean again probably only one of them so unfortunately probably right. be both yeah. put into yeah. a regional bracket but uh one of them may make it out you know and then um i think you know you know we we kind of gloss over the fact that you know hopkinton you know they they won back in 2019 they may only be returning two starters but they have a solid town program any any girls that may be able to step up for them and, and help them to uh, to try and make a run towards the final four. I mean those those two returners, you know, you mentioned uh, senior Meg Haley and, and junior uh, Annie Hagenbotham. Um, you know, they're two girls that I believe um, you know were on that championship team uh, two years ago. You know, so I mean that's that's a good place to start. Um, you know, they've got Anna Miller coming in, uh, stepping in at goal, um, and then you know just again like. Um, it seems like a lot of people are going to have some younger players, uh, sophomore and, and Rose uh, Finlayson on attack, and then uh, a couple of freshmen, uh, Hannah Hoyt, Katie Brown, and Sarah Chidosh, uh, who are going to have to step in. Looks like most of them will be kind of like midfielders, uh, maybe play a little on defense for them. Um, so, I mean, but it's, a, again, it's another program that, that has that kind of, you know, tradition, maybe not quite as much uh, recently as, as some of those other ones. I mean, of course, they did, you know, outside of the championship a couple of years ago. Um, but yeah, I would, I would expect Hopkinton to be a competitive team and, you know, I'm not sure how they're going to line up, you know, again, talking about um, regionally, you know, who are they going to, I don't know if they'd be as far up with Laconia and Kearsarge, you know, you got Bishop Brady and Bo that are kind of in that area where they are. And then of course, Hillsborough Deering, uh, another a new program. We talked about the boys last week, new program on the girls side as well. You know, and then uh, I guess the team that kind of intrigues me a little bit too. You know, on the the, the boys side, it's it's it, they're on the upswing. And Campbell, you know, I think I think the girls potentially could be could be on the yeah. upswing as well. Um, you know, anybody anybody in particular, you know, stand out for them for you? Um, you know, they've got a couple of really good seniors back in uh, in captains uh, in, in Hannah uh, Colvier, uh on defense and uh, Julie Terrio on uh, who's a midfielder for them. Um, but I think they're they're probably a team that you know. I know we're we're talking about how young everyone else is, but they're a very junior heavy team, so they could be a team that we're talking about, 
you know, yeah. next year too. Um, you know, they're they're going to probably be competitive in the division this year. Although I believe their schedule is another one that's pretty heavy with with D two teams. Um, you know, so maybe their record may not show how good they are this year. Um, but I think that's a team that that's going to build on this year and probably be able to kind of catapult, you know, next year into you know, or excuse me, kind of use that into next year. Um, be able to to use it as a springboard, maybe kind of jump up the standings a little bit, kind of. Um, and they were, they, I mean, they were very close to being a playoff team uh, in 2019. So looking across, looking across the division here in Division Three, um, you know, I think uh, you know the other team that's usually kind of in the mix in the Southern Region is Pelham. Um, right. You know, I don't, I, I think they graduated a lot. They did, yeah, um, they did. I, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they do have I think they do have two girls that are that are committed to playing in college though next year. Um, you know, think, do you know anything about them? Yeah, probably the one the one that um, might be the most uh, well known would be uh, uh, Jordan Galgay, who's uh, a senior committed to go to American International. Uh, but yeah, you're right they they have lost um, I think a lot of uh, talent to to graduation in the last couple of years. Um, but they yeah they are a team that's usually you know, at least top five in the division. Um, yeah, but I'm not, again, not too too sh- sure about uh, the rest of their team. And another one that I probably put in that category too that, um, you know, I'm not sure, you know, they could be up, you know, close to the top, close to the bottom. I'm not really sure is, is Bo. Um, they were know, the they, team I was thinking of yeah. too. I don't have any information on them, but they, um, they to me, they would be, they're a team that usually has a strong, strong theater program too. It's usually in the mix. Yeah, usually pretty competitive program. And again, they're they're going to be, I would assume, in kind of like a grouping with, like we said, Brady, Hopkinton, Hillsborough, Deering. So I mean, it's you know, it could be one of those ones that just whoever's <laughs> last last group standing, I guess, you know, if they're they're kind of taking um, beating up on each other a little bit there, um, yeah, in a group like that. Uh, but I don't any any final thoughts on on Division Three um, or anything that we we didn't cover on the other two. Well, I think as much as we, as much as we're thinking that it, it's it's a dairy field in, in St. Thomas Division, I think there's always, I think especially oh, yeah. this year with the ability to, to kind of ease into it, I think I think we're going to see some surprise teams pop up in Division Three. I think there's some teams that maybe have some athletes that that weren't necessarily maybe playing indoor because of COVID or other things like that, and I think it, we're going to find that it, it may end up being a little bit more competitive than than we think it is. Um, I definitely, I'm, you know, I never count teams like Kearsarge and Laconia, Bo, you know, programs that have, you know, that come from them, that have strong traditions and cultures behind them. I, I, I never count them out. So I, it'll be interesting to see how those teams progress this year. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I'm just, I'm really, you know, we, we talked a little bit about the schedules. I, I think, you know, D, division one on both sides, we've got pretty, you know, standard schedules, you're playing a lot of D1 opponents. I know there's some programs that are, are playing um, some D2, D3 teams, um, you know, but I'm, I'm the schedules at the lower, at the Division 2 and Division 3 are really intriguing to me because you have so much more crossover than you normally do. Uh, so I'm really, I you know, I, I'm, a, I'm always a firm believer in, like, you know, that, that just because you're in different divisions doesn't mean you can't necessarily compete with some of those teams that are up there. Like, there's no, you know, I, I think – um, you know, take a team like like um, like Conval on the on the boys and girls side. I mean, that was a playoff team. Both of them were playoff teams in Division Three. Um, at least on the girls side, you know, they were pretty close to a playoff team a few years ago. 
Um, so they certainly can compete, um, you know, w to a certain degree. So you've got more of that kind of crossing over. I, I'm, I'm excited to see that and, and, uh, and just see what kind of what those uh, the scores of some of those games are. It'll be fun. It's, uh, you know, if, if there's a silver lining to the pandemic, it's allowing a little bit more freedom in terms of scheduling and, and right. uh, you know, getting some rivalries. You know, we talked about Hanover and Lebanon not playing each other <laughs> for years. You know, why, why hasn't that happened when you're right next door, you know, literally across the highway from each other? Yeah, so, that's, that uh, one's a bizarre one. Yeah, well, I, you know, Joe, again, uh, in, enjoy the week here and uh, looking forward to getting some more games in. We've got our fingers crossed. Friday's not looking great, but, uh, you know, we're hoping to be able to uh, to welcome well, Sauhegan into the Cougar Bowl and uh, looking forward to a great game there if we can make it happen. A nice uh, um, nice doubleheader there, too, uh, with, the, yeah. with the girls playing beforehand. I assume I assume you'll have the uh, the tent set up for me, so I don't I, I don't get myself too uh, too drenched there. COVID compliant though. Oh, open, okay. open yeah, sides. that's right. Okay, so it'll be uh, <laughs> it'll be ready for you. All right, I I gotta get one of those. Uh, you know, years ago someone asked me, you know, why hadn't I found a high school kid to make me a contraption that like it was basically an umbrella that I could attach to my waist that I wouldn't have to hold while I'm taking pictures, and I found this thing. Uh, last summer that I forgot to buy that's like almost like a tent for like a personalized tent like it's clear you kind of put it over yourself but it has like a you can open it in the front um, I gotta find myself where figure out where that was and, and order myself one um, I'm sure I'll probably look pretty ridiculous wearing it but at least maybe I'll be dry I was gonna say at least at least you're not trying to impress members of the opposite sex anymore. So that's uh, that'll be that that would be a look, my friends. I would, would yeah. Be. My my wife would probably not want to be seen with me wearing that. Yeah, that's for sure. All right. Well, next week, um, yeah, next week we'll get we'll get into more um, talk about some games. Um, I think we maybe next week even we'll uh, we'll get into my top ten. Um, you know, everyone can hear what I what I picked, and and you can all. Uh, you know, get at me on social media. Um, I think there's going to be some. I think there'll be some movement in the coaches' poll this week, too. based I mean, on we the had, first set of based on the first set of scores. I think we're going to see some people moving up and down. It'll be interesting. I haven't had a chance to research it yet. We had seven teams also re receiving votes this week, which is probably a record. But but I think just kind of shows that you know yeah. having having uh, having lost 2020 and the amount of parity that's that's out there this year I think most of the I I didn't disagree with any of those teams that received votes I think they all had an argument for for possibly being in the yeah. preseason top ten absolutely all right well I think that's going to wrap it up for this week um, Chris thanks again for joining me always a pleasure. We'll do it again next week. He is uh, Derry Field AD and boys lacrosse coach Chris Hetler. I am Joe Marcellina. Thanks for listening.